2: Oh, hang on. We're uh, on Facebook Live now. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Everyone just stay calm. Just do your normal stuff. (laughs) I'm going to play some music now, Tim. Don't panic.
1: Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Uh, we are just here to talk about the game we love and you love, and thank you very, very much for listening. I'm Tim. JB is right there. Hello, Tim. And can I just say it's lovely to have you back in studio. It's uh, well, I was here last week. It, <laughs> oh, was, yeah, it, was, it, it was it was Phil. Phil. that was uh, <laughs> it was had a genuine. Um, well, no, it wasn't a near death experience, but it was genuinely no, very, enough. very serious illness. Yes. Were you Were you nervous and like r- genuinely worried about what might happen at any point?
0: Uh, when. No one really knew what was going on, and no one was telling anything no one was telling me anything, and they put me in like isolation and so everyone coming in was wearing face masks. Then I started getting a bit worried. Oh God, but uh, when I got the diagnosis, everything's been fine so we're, glad, we're, no
1: we're glad to have you back in studio as well phil we 're all here together you 've got the full compliment for, um, for this uh, an episode, and actually I just want to say before I get into that oh.
2: Someone just pointed out Phil looks like Elliot Daly, and he does, he, he? He really
0: does. So, <laughs> do look I'm going for.
1: Wow. Do I look like David
0: Flatman in this jacket? Uh, that's already been mentioned three or four times. So. I know, I'm
1: going to take it off in a minute. I'm just still thawing out because it's dead cold. And uh, JB is uh, looking inc- like, uh, this is a different JB, what's going on? Uh, There's got to be a story why you're not in shorts. Yeah, I just had my daughter's birthday, and uh, do you know what happened actually? I had my daughter's
2: birthday, and I generally think that to your birthday party should be like, two hours, everyone clears off home. We did our, our, did the birthday, then my wife invited everyone back to the house. Oh, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. So we had <laughs> kids running around, so I actually went down to the dungeon, and that's why I've started, like, do you know, like the like, the old gag? Oh, what, uh, what are you doing on Wednesday? Oh, I'm rearranging my sock drawer, right? <laughs> like, I actually came back down here to rearrange my rugby shirts. That's why they're all, like, neatly aligned. So, yeah, that, that's why I'm dressed in, po- in my party outfit slash farmer's outfit.
1: Well, we have got uh, a weekend talking about European Rugby Round 5 in what we're dubbing Rugby Brexit as English Avicii Clubs invoked Article 50 of the EPCR and (laughs) will leave the European Champions Cup within seven days to take back control of their domestic league and end the mass immigration of weekend visitors from the continent coming over to our rugby stadia and
2: and,
1: and eating our pies. Yeah, (laughs) go on, get out of here. (laughs) An absolute disaster, this uh, European tournament is turning out for Avicii clubs, so we will definitely be talking about that, the wise and wherefores, getting into all of the games as well. However... Um, it may well be Rugby Brexit, but we're going to be um, reaching out on Olive, Olive Branch and, and bringing pe- lots of people onto the continent in March, aren't we boys?
2: Yes we are, if you're referring to what I think you are, which is the Tier
1: 2 talk. Two what else?
2: I cannot wait now.
1: How far away are we? It's
2: about um, two months now. Yeah, I had one of those um, things that happens you know, when you panic really badly because you're realising it's only about six, six, seven weeks away. Eight yeah.
1: weekends from now we will have done it
2: yes so, exact, exactly exactly it will be over exciting
1: and done yes exciting terrifying terrifying and that terrifying
2: is, it's, people don't understand how much work it takes if you're going to do it properly and if you're going to build things and bit of production and that, it is actually real hard work
1: so yes we are going to Madrid uh, last year it was Bucharest uh, this year it's Madrid rather than uh, getting tickets to go to the Aviva Stadium in Dublin or to Twickenham Uh, we are going to spend about the same amount of money on getting ourselves several thousand miles away uh, to another country and to soak up the Six Nations... In the sunshine of Madrid, and also uh, to watch some of the Tier 2 Six Nations competition. Last year we had, what, 100, 150 fans. This year we're probably going to double that. Oh yeah. It's, easily double it. It's
2: over 200 now. Well so, over 200. So
1: you may well be listening and coming to join us in Madrid. If you are not, you still can. We've got so much planned for the weekend. Like I say, uh, we're going to be a, going there Friday to Monday. Some people are going just Saturday, Sunday. Some people are going Thursday and spending a bit more time in the Spanish capital. But... The point is this: um, we will have shindigs on the Friday night. There will be a whole day Saturday of watching Six Nations rugby at um, what's the what's the Spanish tapas bar? Uh,
2: the, the authentic Spanish tapas bar is O'Neill's. O'Neill's, yeah, <laughs> that's um, one. all. <laughs> and,
1: uh, and then we we will on the Sunday we will have a rugby brunch live podcast with very special guests slash. Well, 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 well no no yeah, yeah. we don't know if there's any
2: guests no yet. no, no. Just, Ver- very special
1: curious. um uh surprises yes there's
2: a very special surprise yes
1: yes and uh then we will be going to see spain versus germany in the tier two tournament uh followed by watching straight after full time with that it will be wales italy yep can't wait so come and join us find out all the details on our facebook page get your flights which are still dirt cheap uh to madrid from all over the uk and, uh, and come and join us for a top weekend of rugby.
2: To be fair, I think you can only buy tickets now for this week. And then I'm cancelling it. Because we need final numbers on how many people are there, venue sizes, all the rest of it. So we're basically, well, this is it. If you don't have your tickets, uh, you, can, you can come along. You can come watch all the rugby, but you just can't come to the podcast.
1: And there'll be some boys that are, um, there'll be some boys, well, there's a bunch of guys that are coming out there for a stag do. There's loads of guys coming out there with their with their dads. Yeah, an uncle, and so you—you're going up with yeah, your dad. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I think my, bro- my hopefully my, my brother and my dad are coming out. Wow, so wow excellent. Yeah, so it's like it's not going to be just lads, 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 lads. There'll be a bit of that if you want it, but you can just enjoy the city and check out a bit of rugby at the same time. Whatever you want to do, get involved. Uh, Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast on Facebook for all the information. Um, yeah,
2: excellent. Right, That's let's off. talk about rugby Brexit, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> There's only Exeter, isn't there? Realistically, it's going to
0: qualify. Saracens have got a chance as well.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. Saracens. But
0: it, it's out of Saracens' hands. Uh, yeah. Because if if Ospreys win and Claremont get a losing bonus point or two, Saracens are out no matter what well, they do. Why don't we talk about that game, actually? Uh, just because we're here. Well,
1: before how about before we get into any specific games? Like, what's the... Where do, what do we feel has happened? What's different? Because Pro fourteen. So here, here you go. I'll give you a little stat. I know I'm doing Phil's job for him when I when I do this. But um, in in 2010, 11, there were two qualifiers from the Pro twelve in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Eleven in 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 the year 11, 12, it was five. Then it was two the following year. Then three. So it was always a significant amount. Since then. Since they've had to qualify in the league and the European Champions Cup format was changed in 2014 15, one side from the Pro 12 qualified for the mm-hmm. quarterfinals. That was Leinster. In 15 16, can you remember how many?
2: 15 16. It was none.
1: It was none. It was not none. Right. There was no. So for the first two years of the of the new format, only one of the sixteen quarterfinalists were from the Pro 12. Since then, we've had three, and next week there could be five. Pro 14 qualifiers, amazing,
0: amazing. Yeah, what do you think caused the change? I wonder how much is to do with the league changes, because we always said the first couple of years, certainly when they went to qualification, and every game became more important, and the squads would have to get bigger and they'd have to mm. get better at managing their players. We kind of expected the the Pro 12, as it was then, uh, representation to drop a little bit, and it did. Now. The squads are getting deeper and are getting better and are getting better managed. Look at the Leinster squad. It's probably the best example of it. Uh, they've almost got two teams that can mm. that are equally as capable in uh, the Pro 14 and in Europe. But I, I wonder if the new league structure has helped make it a little bit easier again. The again.
2: new league structure as in the new two. two-tier system. I actually think it's a little bit deeper than that, or a bit before that. I think it's when the European Cup changed from the Highland Cup, or whatever the hell it's called now, right? Because the qualification was simple. I mean, you know, the Welsh teams had some spots, the Irish teams had some spots, and, you know, uh, everyone had their guaranteed spots. And because the English and French threw out their toys, it means that that league now is more competitive. I think that league. Oh, I more... would say because
1: the English and French teams rightly pointed out the, uh, yes. the, the uh, imbalance in fairness. Um,
2: they were absolutely right. Yeah, you know, they're abs- absolutely right. So the, that league, I mean, this year of Pro 12 has been the best year of Pro 12 I have ever seen. Pro I 14 know. now, but yeah, sorry, Pro yeah, that's 14 right, now. Yeah, I confusing. Um, and I think it started. I think it started there. I think since then there have been other things as well, and that uh, the other things I'm talking about are mainly the French teams sort of getting stagnant. They're more interested in playing like French teams against French teams. And the Aviva has had a very strange year. I mean, every team, except for maybe Exeter and Saracens, are in complete turmoil,
0: or they're in a transition. Well, even Saracens are not... You can't tell me that Saracens this year have been the same team they've been for the last three seasons. We'll get to Saracens later, uh, because I have a feeling about them. But
2: I wonder if the game has moved on a bit. I tend to think that isn't the case. To me... And maybe we should talk about bit about this a little bit more when we talk about the Saracens game.
0: They looked tired. They looked like Saracens oh. playing at sixty percent. They looked absolutely shattered in that yeah. game. I mean, do you want to get into it? Shall we? Because I've got a real question for you, Tim. Yeah, go on. It, you, were you, there. Were, you were there. You're on the touchline. Um, I I was thinking exactly the same as you. Saracens looked knackered. How much of that was the physical pressure that Ospreys put the Saracens under? Because that Ospreys pack is it's got a huge amount of experience, it's got some big, strong boys, and it's pretty well organised, but they're doing nothing in the league at all. Mm. But they look like they're putting Saracens under real pressure. And was it that? Was it the pressure from Ospreys, or are Saracens genuinely a shadow of themselves? Uh
1: I think it's important to remember. So I think it was always going to be tight. The conditions when when you actually there it was greasy. It was um, yeah. there there was rain. It, it was and I think both sides identified that it's going to be a territorial battle with the you know Farrell bigger Webb yeah. Wigglesworth. That was going to be that was going to be the game. It was it was kind of going to be who makes the most mistakes or who can squeeze penalties here and there. I think that, and certainly for the first forty minutes, I think that was always going to be the case. Different differences. The second half started and it was an entirely different back row for Saracens than the one that they selected to start the game. Yeah, And uh, you okay. take Michael Rhodes yeah. and Vinopola and then Billy, Jackson Ray pulled yeah. out in the... Uh, Billy Vinopola and then Jackson Ray pulled out in the warm-up. So it was an entirely different... At one point they had Jamie George packing down on the flank. I know. I, I, totally, totally. So I think Saracens, when I looked at their bench, I thought they're going to win this in the last 20. That was my thought before the game because they had George Cruz... Um, it's like Scout Berger couldn't even get on the bench mm. initially when they selected it yeah. so I thought that's where they were going to win it was going to be tight but they'd win in the last 20 but uh, the, the the game plan was kind of shattered yeah. as a result so yeah guys that would have been tired and exhausted and you might have chucked fresh legs on they couldn't tell and, me what
2: you think about this mm. and this is not why Saracens drew and it's not why they didn't win but it's just a thought I've had the selection of Will Skelton immediately rang alarm bells in my mind because that Saracens pack and Saracens as an organisation so, that they're so in tune with what they need to do everyone has a job, everyone has a role fundamentally when you looked at Saracens five years ago when they were building this very special t- thing that they have it was all predicated on hard work, effort you know, uh, def- defensive grit Skelton has come in he's just not that player I mean he could make a, a fortune at you know, top 14 level but he's just not a Saracens player. And when I watch him, he is a big, lumbering unit. He carries semi-okay. But his work rate is just not, is just not high enough. And you know he's going to have to come off after 60. Um, he doesn't fit that team. I don't know why he's there. i put Tollefua in the same, same bracket. Mm. Why are these boys hit even at Saracens?
0: I
1: wouldn't put Tollefua in that no. bracket. He shed a lot of timber and is looking fit. I think he's
0: a good all-round player. The big difference I see with Will Skelton is his discipline. Yeah, there is times when you can just see he's going to give a penalty right here. He's going yeah. to give bang penalty gone.
2: You are almost counting down, aren't you, for the yellow yeah, card? Yeah,
0: so, yeah. So it did seem like a a, a very
1: un Saracens um, and quite a conservative move to pick him. Uh, when you've got the second row options that they have, so. But Cruz is on the bench. Why didn't they start him? I mean, why? He hasn't. He hasn't looked himself. He really hasn't. But.
0: Yeah, Cruz is an interesting one because yeah. he's he's been dropped from the England squad, yeah. having been a starting lion in the first test.
2: Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. Yeah.
0: Man. <laughs> but
1: but that's the, the, I mean it, it's nice to see in a way that scrums still have a real huge role to play in rugby union, and I'm always glad when it does because you know when you've been in teams and you can you, there's been times when in the back of your mind even though you don't say it to your teammates you'll have the first scrum and you'll kind of think uh-oh we're going down here because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it does have that bigger an impact on the game mm. psychologically as much as anything
2: well keep this to yourself because it's a pretty closely guarded secret Saracens aren't very good at scrummaging uh, they certainly haven't been recently
0: they got no. they got dominated by Leicester a few weeks ago yeah they were dominated at times in this game um,
2: did they play extra recently? and That didn't go too well for them. I, can't um, remember. I, I seem to remember that. I, I seem to remember that at least. I, I'd love to get the views of someone like da- uh, David Flatman as to what is going on here. I'll put my them. coat on and tell you. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: but um, there is something not right with ha- with how they're scrimmaging. I mean, the Ospreys, you know, Alan wynn Jones and Bradley Davis are more than just names. Uh, Scott Scott Baldwin is a, co- a quality international. Nicky Smith's good. Uh, but you would expect them not to absolutely dominate Saracens, and they did. I mean, they absolutely battered them.
1: That, that was that's where Mark McCall squarely put the the blame for the result. He said it was the that that was the d- decisive factor.
2: I agree with, yeah. with him because it gave Ospreys uh, territory. It gave them point, um, opportunity for points. Uh, it was that yeah that basically lost. Uh, I didn't lose in the game. It prevented
0: them from winning the game. and might have cost them their place in Europe this season. Now, one other question from me. What was the mood like at the final whistle? Because, so, Saracens were attacking, they turn over the ball, Ospreys yep. break, they get the ball into Saracens' half, and they know any points they can win the game, and they can put it squarely back in their hands, mm-hmm. go, knowing that they've got to go to uh, Clermont, Clermont, arguably the toughest place in Europe to go, not needing a win if they get uh, a penalty or anything at that stage, yet they decide to kick it out.
1: Yeah, I was surprised by that. Yeah. I, I would have liked them. I, I, well, bearing in mind that, and this hasn't really been talked about, but just before 60-minute mark, they had a penalty in a very kickable position and went for the corner. Mm. Ospreys, that is. And when you actually look at them and think the game finished in a draw and Dan Bigger is a dead-eye kicker, Yeah, I, sort of, I did ask... Um, Um, Steve Tandy after that you know do you back that call he said absolutely back the call to kick to the corner and then I said to him and do you also agree with kicking it out into touch bearing in mind you were just inside Saracen's half and you never know you could have squeezed out a pen he went no I trust the boys if that's the decision they take that's the decision they take but Reese Webb couldn't wait to get it off the field
2: no he couldn't and he dummy, didn't he he sold this dummy like the the demi end of game. I thought oh, awesome, this is going to be like the Montana fake spike. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. He actually wanted to get it off the field.
1: Yeah. I'd have like bearing in mind exactly what you say they've got to go to Claremont. That's Now, that they, they could have gone to Claremont knowing right we're going to tr- obviously go for the win but still losing bonus point and we and we could go through. Yeah. If losing did, bonus it,
0: point and they're safe, they are yeah. through.
1: They could have been in that situation. So I was disappointed. No. Um,
0: yeah. But we
1: we should segue to Unless you want something else to say Yeah, just
2: one small thing, and you can talk, again, more deeply about this later. Over on my TV, on my little monitor there, I've got my little whiteboard. Everything's spelt wrong, so we'll correct (laughs) correct that later. But hashtag downfall2018. One of the things which really worries me for England this year in their downfall year of 2018 is, I think in the past they have relied on this core of Saracen's players being so good, so dominant, and so just iron will to win, that now they're not winning so easily, this could be the most serious thing for England of everything.
1: Well, <clears throat> as we saw the difference between Saracens without and with Bini- Billy Vanapola, one incredible stat, uh, Saracens with Bini- Billy Vanapola... Oh, do you know he's
2: out of Six, six Nations? Out of Six Nations, this, this is my mm-hmm.
1: point. Saracens without Billy Vanapola have a win ratio uh, percentage, uh, I can't remember exactly what it is, it's, it's like above 85 and without him, 62% Saracens win percentage without Billy Rightly. Vanapola. It th- pro- doesn't, yeah. Now, it could be a couple of percentage points either way on but each that, one,
0: but it's roughly that. That scale doesn't surprise me because you're taking, I'd say, probably the single best number eight in the world, or certainly one of the top three for the past three or four years mm. um, out of a team. And not only that, it's his carrying. He does so much carrying, yeah, and all round the field he does it everywhere. So that does not surprise me at all.
1: So I think that's I think rather than Saracens overall, just Billy Vanapola on his own. Bearing in mind Nathan Hughes is also out injured, uh, yeah, that is a huge hole. So
0: who who's going to fill that void? Well, do we want to get into that now, or do we want to wait? Well, I oh. will tell you who
2: it's not going to be. I don't think it'll be Sam Simmons. I don't think it, well, Eddie Jones wants him at eight. He
0: he can't fill. I mean, for one thing, he's more than 20 kilograms lighter than Nathan and Billy. Wow.
2: Someone on Twitter, someone who I respect enormously, actually, um, uh, um, Alex Shaw, was saying maybe Zach, Zach Mercer comes in and they get rid of the...
1: Well, I, I was going to say, let, let's keep it... In terms of we've had a big um, sort of negative, a, a stuttering Saracens going, taking a big step backwards, and we should go jump to that game because that was probably the big positive of the whole weekend was the performance of Scarlet's, but... Uh, from Bath's point of view I would suggest um, Beno Urbano didn't do himself any <laughs> no, favours he did not
0: did he the, the whole thing, no. uh, Henry Thomas no Henry Thomas no and, and, yeah.
1: and, and, and I uh, Zach Mercer was guilty of making a lot of errors yeah
0: I, I, I thought he looked underpowered. the yeah I, lightweight would be the, the word he was industrious and you he, know he, he was, he was rewarded
1: he was rewarded for his effort with, with the try but you talk about an international eight starting the Six Nations, I didn't see that. An no. incredible talent in the making, don't yeah, get me yeah, wrong, yeah. So, but I didn't see it.
2: Yeah. As it was pointed out to me, uh, Zach Mercer will be all right because of his pace, pace, you know, or speed times mass equals power, so on and so forth, or whatever it is. Um, and <laughs> he's going to re- run into space, not bodies, but what if there is no space? Yeah. You know, he's got a real issue, and I want to see him do well. I think he's a phenomenal player. I just don't think he's ready... I think you play him in addition to your heavy ball carrier, not instead of him.
0: Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a nice option to have if you're in great condition. Yep. You don't want to be playing him in mid February. No. You're in great conditions, when it opens up, he's a great guy to have coming off the bench for an international team. In heavy traffic, against, imagine against the Ireland pack or against that Welsh pack. It's no. So,
1: so who? Who? Do you know who I think well, is going to I'm really worried about this. Gary Graham. Gary,
0: Geyer, <laughs> the plumber. Bring on the plumber. We've um, all, we've all seen his pirouettes now, yeah. pirouetting indefinitely in imp- perpetuity. Uh, do you know who I think
2: the most Eddie Jonesy heavy ball carrier is available to him? It's probably Ben
0: Morgan again or Waldron. Waldron, yeah. Why not? <laughs> but I mean, it feels like you're, you're stepping back about four years. I, t-
1: I tell you, he came back in and had a big. I mean, I don't think he's a number eight, um, but Dave Ewers. Yeah. was you want, a, you want
0: a big unit He's a good carrier, who can carry, carry Dave yeah. I, I So no one, no one can fill... The only person that could fill that Billy-shaped hole is Nathan Hughes, and no one can fill it equivalent of Nathan Hughes. And Nathan is a step down from Billy, in my opinion. Mm. So you can't get it from one person. You've well, therefore got to look at the overall makeup of your pack. Yeah. So you've got to get carriers, carriers, carriers elsewhere... So in my mind, you've got to bring in someone like Don, Don Armand. Don day Or Dave it, it has to be someone like that. You have to play Laws, you have to play Toji, and they'll do some carrying. This you what... might even have to look at... So Jamie George starting ahead of Hartley, because Hartley's not doing much carrying at the moment. And even someone like Harry Williams carrying uh, on the start instead of Dan Cole, because every single carrier is important. The other one would be to have someone through the centres carrying, like... Bentail. Teo, or he won't be Taylor's back for the first couple of weeks. To start or to a lage. and that's the you can't make it up from like to like, so you've got to change the balance of the I, team. If you want, oh, yeah. I mean, England, that's a dangerous game to be playing, yeah. In
2: England are a pretty blunt instrument at the moment, let's not forget that. I, and the Effect, or, effective, effective, and the argument is, of course, that what we're seeing is only the building blocks of the final picture in two years' time, and you know, so, so be it. But if they're not bending the, the game line. They're not beating teams with their uh, sexy patterns. I mean, they're, they're not Scarlets.
1: No, what you've got to remember no. is that, that 03 England side, who was coming off the bench in the back row? Joe, guys like Joe Worsley. F- uh, 50 60 cap, Joe Worsley hacking. Moody? Or was it? No, no. It was, no, no, uh, no Worsley was starting, wasn't it? it was, I can't remember his name. Uh, no, Lewis no, Moody. Back, Moody.
0: That's 03, the, the back row was Hill, Hill. Back, and blah, 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 Yeah, blah, 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 with, with Worsley and with Moody. With Worsley and Moody.
1: So, are you, I mean. As your options and then guys i think it might have been martin corrie as well
0: yeah it would have been in the squad so
1: those three a lot of pedigree and the it's i mean maybe it's a good thing for england when you look to the world cup but cuz what happens if uh, if billy goes down or nathan Hughes and billy are out for a world cup game where where do you turn it's much the same this thing we say he's only he's only had two hookers in his squad what happens if one of them goes down what happens if one of his two scrum halves goes down
2: yep i have never
0: actually thought of that he has only ever had two two hookers in in his 30 or 31 man squads yet he's always had two hookers and two scrum halves in other squads he's then brought in other people uh, for the wider squads yeah. like he broke but I mean the, the scrum halves he's brought in he's brought in guys like Jack Maunder who's got <laughs> half a dozen premiership
2: there starts is, yeah and this is where I'm going with the um, downfall, downfall 2018, 2018. <laughs> um, is uh, some of the selections are bizarre I mean how do you have a sensible conversation with lads about being the best and I'll hold up my part of the bargain but in the meantime instead of being the best selector I can be I'm going to pick Gary Graham Notice if it's Gary Graham he's just not Don Armand right if you're not picking Don Armand you can't take yourself seriously as a coach that is the end of it um, and then there's all these other bits and pieces uh, like you know he hasn't got the right, um, the right mix of scrum halves he's only done he's only played with two different hookers
1: bizarre well here's another pressing problem for the Six Nations who's going to be on the bench loose head prop because again with the Bath Scarlet's game which we'll get onto I don't think it's going to be Beno Abano nope. because he cannot he's an again an, an, a fantastic talent and got so much potential he's, he's 23 years old he's still got uh, room to grow but he was lost in a game of that pace yeah he was
2: yeah. I don't actually think it's necessarily his fault that I no
1: no because he was part of a collective as well
2: yeah uh, there again, the scrimmaging was his fault. So what? So what are you going to do? Um, him, Henry Thomas. I mean, Henry Thomas is, vaunt, you know, I, I know you rate him very highly as a handling prop, a very mobile prop. I think you're probably right on his day
1: when he was when he was 20 years of age. Yeah, he was about the most. Uh, he, him and Tommy Taylor at Sale. I just thought they are superstars of the future. And Henry Thomas has been injured for I, I two mean, years
0: and a couple of bad knee injuries yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, like good. Samson
2: Lee. Not really renowned for running about, is he? But he's playing in this team which are pl- playing amazing, uh, amazing rugby, and yet he looked less knackered than the Bath props. Tom Dunn is going to be another guy who everyone rates super highly. Again, they were just they they were run off the field. Yep,
1: yeah, they were. Uh, well, let's talk of that about the positive. Well, so so no, well, j- briefly, can you suggest who's going to be the lucid prop on the bench? Because if Elish Genji's out and Joe Marler is uh, suspended, yeah. Uh, Where would you turn?
0: Uh Exeter.
2: Well, All roads Ma- lead to Exeter. If you want to do something <laughs> like this Six Nations, go to Exeter.
1: Ben There's,
0: Moon and Alec Hepburn. Yeah. I mean you could, you could do a lot worse than them. Yeah. Is Matt Mullen injured at the moment? I've not seen him for a while. I think he is. Yeah. And then Wait. then the next man down the line would be Ross Harrison probably. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I am I'm, I'm into that. <laughs> I'd go <laughs> for I'd go for that. <laughs> I mean, you could move a tight head over, but they're not no. exactly blessed with tight heads either. I, I
0: did. I, I'm not too worried about loose head prop. You've got a world class starter, un, unless uh, Mackle gets injured. Hmm.
1: Now, I was uh, at the Bath game. Some some lovely. I had quite a lot of people come up to me and say hello and stuff. That's nice. And there was there was some gents that that came and had a little chat, and they said uh, I used to prefer it when uh, when JB
0: was a Bath fan. <laughs> right, now, now he's defected hey, yeah. to sale. I like, I, I like that. <laughs>
2: I've not seen any pictures of this stadium yet, though. Apparently they've got some mock-ups somewhere. they
0: have got an architect on board now, so yeah. I, I'm waiting to see. I've not seen it, any of the mock-ups yet. Do you think that's an architect's dream or nightmare to have that? Ooh, I think getting through planning will be an absolute nightmare. So it, it's probably... It sounds really nice and sexy, but it's just going to be a load of red tape. They're just going to be resubmitting plans time after time after time. And
2: how do you appeal because it's like a world UNESCO world
1: We're in in Phil's world now come on then tell us how it works. I
2: I mean how how do you appeal to the council I guess you have to keep it in character like when it's not rugby days you can throw Christians to lions you know there's got to be some gladiatorial stuff going on there.
0: It's just got to be a sympathetic approach to the surroundings the problem with that is you will be at the whim of the local council who they will just take uh a fence at the the smallest little details so it'll be it'll be very difficult i won't envy the man who has to get that or the, or woman well, who has to get that over the line
1: let's talk about the game then because i i've got to say it was an absolute privilege to be there for a number of reasons one as we've talked about all the time it is one of the finest places to watch sport the fact yeah. you're right in the middle of town yeah. historic backdrop on on the weir it's just an incredible place to watch sport. The Bath fans are a credit to rugby, as a respectful, magnanimous. The Scarlets fans were a credit to rugby. They were such good fun and made it an incredible atmosphere. It felt like a football cup game. The atmosphere was that good. Uh, Todd Blackadder um, is a classy human being, and um, the way he fronts up and talks, I, I love. And then Scarlets, what can you say about the way they played?
2: They're amazing, aren't they? Yeah. They're actually amazing. Uh, I, I, I don't know, because they were missing two of their key men, uh, and they were still absolutely
0: awesome. They were they were streets ahead in this game. Yeah. And they are missing two of their key players. They went down to 14 men and scored two tries. Didn't
2: they go down to 14 men in the final? Didn't didn't, they d- didn't bother them.
0: Yeah. And they, they just keep playing what they're playing. They keep looking for space, identifying it, quick hands, pace. Away they go. They, they were... Brilliant. I would
2: love to meet the man who did the talent of, uh, talent evaluation on Tad Byrne. And go, oh, <laughs> you're just not up to it, mate. <laughs>
0: hit, hit the well, bricks, pal. Did you see what... Because um, he was Leinster Academy, wasn't he? Yes. So Brian O'Driscoll, I think it was, tweeted saying, I could not have... T- like When he got l- released by the Leinster Academy, there's no way I could have told you he would turn out to be this player. Amazing. Well,
1: Liam Williams only broke through when he was into Scarlets. So he got rejected by his... Uh, his region, the Ospreys, didn't he? He was he was out there doing a, sca- a, scaffolding. He was a scaffolding. wasn't you, he? Well, until the age of 22, 23
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And the, another guy who actually did did the opposite to Liam Williams, uh, was Lee Byrne. Lee Byrne was uh, starting fullback for Scarlets for ages. They just let they just let him uh, let <laughs> him go for nothing, and then all of a sudden he reestablished himself at Ospreys and ended
0: up in Claremont So it does happen. Um, one question. We've spoken about the England selections. Question for you, Jay.
2: Oh, God. Is it about Welsh rugby?
0: Welsh selections. Pass. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Either of you, whoever feels most qualified. Tim. Um Who's going to start at nine? Uh, or, sorry, rather, based on form, who should start at nine for Wales?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Well, so I, I know what the fans think in Wales, which is Rhys Webb is, is a god among men, and they have a good point. He's very, very good and i also know that there isn't much love for Gareth davis because the thought is he isn't as clever a player so you know, i love Gareth davis and he's a hell of a threat great runner but the point is little things like you know he'll be two on one with someone and he just won't look around and he ha- and he has the blinkers on i don't think it matters which one of those two you go for because they're both very very good players reece Webb probably has a bit more all round skill oh, mind you he's so fast as well
0: I mean Gareth um, Davis, Gareth Davis, uh, so fast. He,
1: so fast. Here's, here's something I kind of learned uh, over the weekend. Uh, there was a, uh, 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 bearing in mind the, the the role I have, I always want to get people's names absolutely bang on. And so you hear Davies, Davis, yeah. Dav- uh, but basically, this Welsh fella said, mate, if it, if they're Welsh, just say Davis. You can't go wrong. <laughs> go. Just, they're all Davis. Davis. Don't worry about don't worry about this <laughs> Davies. Just Davis. Just say Davis. It's fine. Alan wynne Davis. Alan wynne Davis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think you'll get it. I think you'll get it right like eight or nine times out of ten if you say Davis. If in doubt, there you go. Um, but but it was one of those nights where everything stuck. Like I think they'd win that game ten times out of ten playing the way they did. However, on most occasions they might not win by that margin because everything came off.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know if Bath were a bit naive as well. I mean, I say naive. You don't see. That kind of team too often, I the scarlets, right? But they have played them before, yeah. And video cameras exist, <laughs> yeah. And I just wonder, like, is there something you can do to slow these boys down?
1: Probably keep well, keep in- keep the ball when you have it. I mean, yeah. would it
2: be wise to maybe use some coaching connections and put in a, a phone call to the coaches of I don't know Ulster,
0: who 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 who, who did beat them? Yeah. Now, so I think. I think a big um, loss for Bath was Priestland early on, because mm. I thought Freddie Burns came in and some of his kicking was pretty aimless, just straight down Scarlett's throats, giving them exactly what they want, free ball with space in front of them. Yeah,
2: and do you think it might be a mindset thing as well with Bert, um, Freddie Burns? Because he is a, a quite a flair player himself okay, you guys want to play like that. Well, you know, we'll try and play your game. I think, you? I, think the whole, I, I think
1: the whole team did that. And I mentioned Zach Mercer earlier. He was at fault for, I, I, I say, I don't want to get this wrong. Apologies, Zach, if I got this wrong. It might have been someone else. But he gave uh, an unnecessary 50-50 pass inside Scarlet's 22 that led to that incredible try. Mm. And there was a lot of that from Bath. Like, what are you doing? Keep the pill and squeeze the life out of them. But they just, they, they were couldn't. throwing yeah. passes they would never throw
2: yeah people it's kind of like a boxer getting into a fight with a guy they just, they just wants to swing and then they kind of match match them swing for swing they get and,
0: drawn into yeah. that, that kind of game so uh, they got their pants pulled down so that Sorry. makes that table quite interesting mm. so Bath have gone from top to third mm-hmm. because they've been leapfrogged by both Scarlet's who are now only in second place and Talon who are in first place with scarlet's hosting talon as the final game <laughs>
2: how did talon not go down to scarlet's <laughs> i mean it just if you had scientists analyze this game you say well these guys are fat and uh, these guys are
0: really real... fit yeah. <laughs> really fit really fast really well drilled
2: how you know how, how's it work i, I don't know <laughs> But there again, I wonder if that's the Toulon thing. They're going to keep the ball and just pound them into the ground.
0: That's what I'd be doing if I were Toulon.
1: Did you see the? There's, there's loads of good stuff. Like well, the crowd were amazing. The Scarlets crowd were absolutely amazing. The atmosphere was brilliant. The um, th- there was an element where I think, bearing in mind, yeah, they're second in the pool. They haven't qualified yet. You would think in some quarters like they'd like they'd won the tournament. The way that uh, some of the reaction was, and I think it's great. Uh, you know, and it was a brilliant performance, and to be celebrated, uh, it was quite funny watching all the scarlets boys and Wayne Pivak downing a downing a drink and bam, chucking the rag doll around in the in the dressing room that they won back. Um, and there's a lot of people now saying, as they already were, looking at Rob Howley with a sort of furrowed brow, and then looking over at Stephen Jones, and then looking back at Rob Howley, yeah. and then looking back at Stephen Jones.
2: Well, do you know if I was a F- scarlets fan, I would feel very worried that when Warren Gatland the- hangs up his coaching whistle for Wales it's going to be Pivok and Jones I mean why would you do anything else yeah you're not going to go Tandy you're not going to go Jackman you might get a you know a completely random guy from New Zealand New Zealand that's yeah. what done in the past but there again maybe that is
0: P- Pivok anyway but he, he knows the players he knows some of the politics yeah he knows Welsh, Welsh rugby so why not I just fear it might it might end up being two or three years too late um, mm.
1: because Scarlet's well. It's just a mate. It's brilliant to see that, uh, that some of the some of the things we have begun to maybe accept that running rugby might be dead a little bit and it's oh that's just super rugby that that doesn't really work at top level. But actually, it worked in a in a massive all or nothing. European Cup
0: game. These things, I'm in, in in the middle of winter as well. Yeah. yeah,
2: these things go in cycles, though. I mean, everyone will be running it, and then everyone will tighten it up, and then everyone will be running it, and it's it's just the it's just the way it is. There's an antidote to everything.
1: But it would, it would just you talk about coaching and stuff. That was incredible skills, and then there was no one ever at any point when, say, Aaron Shingler uh, went into contact. Scarlet's players always had the ball in two hands. Trying to get the ball beyond contact to be able to offload, and then players weren't going in as if to hit a rock. They were running the line, the assuming that they were going to be yeah. taking the ball in a pop, and actually it made it really simple. It was amazing to watch.
2: Mm. Do you know what else was amazing to watch for all the wrong reasons?
0: <laughs> well, I don't know what you're going to say here.
2: Wasps Harlequins.
0: <laughs> As an Ulsterman, that was incredible. To it watch. was like <laughs> Ulster
1: at top of the pool. It's unreal. There's no going way. On? There's
0: no way. I thought that was going to happen before this weekend. It was. I picked both those games completely wrong.
2: About I think about thirty-five minutes in, I text our little rugby group saying this game is a force. <laughs> I mean, it's literally they were throwing the they were they were trying to throw it away. Both teams were actively trying to throw it away <laughs> for the longest period of time. Um, you know, if it wasn't for Danny Kerr actually, Danny Kerr was the only one on that field Who wanted to win, to win a game of rugby Everyone else just wanted to go on the pub They just wanted to toss it off <laughs> <laughs> They are it, 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 These two teams are unbelievable And they deserve all the scorn, scorn that they deserve, that they get
1: And it's so Quincy to win When nothing is going to come of it
0: Yeah, well, I actually text Jay Jay, Jay texted me saying uh, "What's are going to smash this Like 10 minutes in I said it would be the most Quincy thing to do to win, to a brilliant victory when mm. nothing matters for you when you're already out of the competition. Well,
2: I not only thought that I backed it up, put a fiver on when I just had a feeling that quinz had you know, had a sniff at things. Seventy quid return. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> and as you pointed out on WhatsApp, Phil, it's very waspsy to to lose when it really mattered. Yeah. Right.
2: Okay. So here is my uh, wasps. Yeah. My my weekly wasps beatdown. Uh, it's it's pathetic. Uh, it is pathetic. They 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 were ahead. They have no heart. They are soft. I mean, you talk about things that indicate that you care about the game. Number one would be defence. They've got the softest defence going, and I don't mean that they don't complete the tackles. I mean that they're not dominant. They don't collide. They simply don't care. At one stage, Kyle Eastman was basically chasing. Well, say chasing, walking back after someone when he should have been sprinting. This team takes all their cues off, Dan- off Danny Cipriani. That is not a negative on Danny Cipriani, who I still think is maybe the best attacking player in-, in the Prem, still. But they only have one way one way to attack, and that's whatever Danny Cipriani dictates at that time. They also take their defensive cues off Danny Cipriani. <laughs> and-, and and that's it. They-, they are hooked on Danny Cipriani. I, you- I know you disagree with this, because you disagreed with me before the, the show. I don't see... What the coaches at Wasps are doing, other than saying, "Hey, let Danny run the show, score as many points as you can, carry on going with, going with the same game plan," and that'll be it?
1: Uh, well, yeah, no, I can I, I could not disagree with you more. They were very narrow losing finalists in the Avicii Premiership to the side that you think are the most structured and the best coached. Yeah, that's right. In the Avicii Premiership, they lost by three points, and they this was a side uh, that that side that played in the Avicii final. Um, n- there would be no place probably even with another three or four in well it, it probably you could take half a dozen people out of that uh, Avicii final team and you wouldn't still wouldn't be able to get Brendan Macken or Simon McIntyre and um, maybe Johnson's a bad example but uh, hooker there's so many first choice players um, well Samarc played in not
2: the, there and played in the final. Last, yeah,
1: off off the bench. Last year. But yeah, what he, I'm saying and they, and they and they lost narrowly at Quinns, which which is a place where Saracens lost recently which is a place where Saras, uh, Harlequins very rarely lose mm. at home. So I don't think I, I, and they lost by 5 points. The, the most frustrating thing is they were 21-12 up at half time. Yeah. I mean like close the game out.
2: Exactly. And where, But but, no, I, but where is the where the patterns of play, where the where or the things that you do, which a coach should demand in order to close down down the game, but they carried on doing the same stuff. They carried on giving the ball on, well, ball away easy. So I don't. They I, I, on being so soft.
1: so I, I'd be interested to hear what you think. But I don't. I don't lay that at the coach's door. That's just brain dead players sometimes. Yeah,
2: and that is on the coaches, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Brain dead players is on the coaches. Correct.
2: It's all. It's, it's all about teaching decision making, and yeah, you
1: know, this is a critical part of rugby. Sound, sound, Rugby sounding more and more like football, though. Oh, they're playing badly. Get rid of the coach. No, get no, rid of the head no, coach. No,
2: no, no, no. In this case, I'm saying get a coach. Uh, I mean, get some guys who are, do, who are doing a good job.
1: What, what, uh, now, Lee, Blackett, Lee Blackett, He was being talked up as, you know, God, if England had, needed an attack coach, maybe they should go for Lee Blackett. That's what people were saying a year ago when he was masterminding this incredible free-flowing Wasps attack.
2: Yeah, and then... As soon... And die
1: young people wanted for
2: Wales. Not Well, not me. Um... I have been warning about this for quite some quite quite some time in fact now I've got the whiteboard we, we we can actually write we can actually write it down i mean i think even i think even the wasps uh head of media had a uh, mentioned to you why is j b so down on wasps um, and this is why because they just have one they, they have one trick and that's it and when Danny cipriani w- was injured.
1: They had nothing Danny Cipriani didn't play much when they got to the... Well, no. He was... No, he was there. No, no, no. Danny Cipriani was not the Avicii player of the year when they got to the final. Jimmy Gopeth was? Yeah. Okay. He was the fulcrum of that team last year. Well... And how many games has he played this year? Half a dozen? Okay, then. Eight? Uh, If you have all... Elliot, like, we've got Elliot Daly sat in the rugby dungeon over (laughs) there. If you
2: have all these players, right, and you don't do something with them, like... Yeah, you know, the way that all these
1: players like Jimmy Gopeth, Elliot Daly, like uh, H- de Young like Saracens, like do, um, like um, egg, oh like yeah, like Manchester Saracens do. eight eight defeats in the last ten.
2: What, what you can do is you can win once, but you, but you but you can't win. Saracens many.
1: eight defeats in the last ten without well, some of their big names.
2: Well, look, it's uh, it's. Uh, well, it's there for everyone to see. So, so yeah, it's there for everyone we, to see. That if you saw
1: the team. It's there for everyone to see that if you take out loads of incredible players, you're not as good. They
2: were 24-12 up, Tim. 24-12 Oh, no,
1: no, no, don't get me wrong. I don't disagree with you there, but you're, I think you're drawing wild conclusions when the evidence is, as with Saracens, you take a load of amazing players out, they're not as good. Of course they, they, they're not. So you take, you take some genuinely... You take Nathan Hughes, Elliot Daly, Jimmy Gopeth probably their three best players last year you take them all out of the side and they can go to Harlequins and lose
2: yeah and even when they had all of those players
1: uh, when they got to an, an Aviva Premiership final and lost by three points no yeah.
2: at, the start, at, at the start of the season their defence was weak it, it's been it, it's been weak for a long time now mm. how say you Phil?
0: Uh, I'm still not sure on your point Jay I don't, I don't want to go into it again but your point seems to be they're really weak because they've got no coaches
2: um, no, my point is, go when they go forward. It's all predicated on whatever Danny Cipriani does, which is great when when it when it works. They've, they've got one speed, full speed. That that is it. They are not coached to do anything else. They're not coached to play negative rugby. They're not coached to do anything else other than what Danny Cipriani is dictating at that point. So Going, I, I right. think
0: I think that's a mistake.
2: All right. The the point about the defense is it just shows that they are a, a weak minded team.
0: Yeah, I think that's where you're right. It's. The, it's, and I'd, I wouldn't actually put the blame on the coaches. I'd put it on the individuals. Um, now, you, I see your point that the coaches are controlling the individuals. But you look at that team, particularly the back line, and it does seem that there are some weak-willed individuals. Yeah, Wade, Eastmond, Sippers, LaRue has been up and down like a yo-yo this season. And I'd say that's their problem more than coaching. Because some of their coaching is excellent, some of their set plays are excellent, some of their exit plays are excellent, but they're weak willed is is where I see it.
2: Mm. Well, Harlequins have the opposite problem.
0: <laughs> well, they're very strong willed when it doesn't matter. The opposite problem is in they're so well coached. <laughs> would you
2: like me? Would you like me to tell you uh, who 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 coaches
0: Harlequins? Uh. Nick Evans is the best coach at Harlequins. Okay, there's Nick Evans. Who else? Nick Easter. What, that, who else? Uh, uh, Mark Mapletoft. Who else? Kingston. Who else?
1: Uh, Nick Evans. Oh, you said Nick Evans.
2: You, you, you're you missing three first team coaches. Three first oh, team Graham coaches. Oh, Graham Roundtree. Graham Roundtree. Oh, who yeah. else?
1: Uh, oh, Tony Diprose. No. Who else? Is he
2: not there? No, I don't think he is.
1: No, he might have gone.
2: Uh, oh, I don't know. Guy called Osborne? And a guy called Adam, uh, uh, Adam Jones. Adam Jones. Right. Yeah. So oh, yeah, Adam they've got Jones. more coaches, from what I can tell, than any other team in the Premiership. And furthermore, it looks like they all hate each other.
0: <laughs> so, th- is that what Wasps need to do? Get a load of coaches that hate each other?
2: No, no, no. The, I don't think, don't think the coaches hate each other. But I, I, I'm pretty sure. That oh, I see. It has a
1: galvanising effect and it increases yeah. the will of the squads. Is that what? Yeah. Uh, I mean,
2: I, uh, my view on Quinn's for this season is. They've got a lot of very difficult conversations to have. Verse Quins I would build the future around Lang and around Smith. That's my, that my axis. They well, are
0: two talented players. Yeah.
2: R- retain Robshaw, retain Care, and everybody else is up for discussion. Including including the coaches. Well
1: they were never Quins were never in this equation for this for qualification, so we should nope. focus on we should focus on sides that, that where qualification was and is That's... A, a live concept. Like, like your pride
0: Ulsterman find themselves
1: top of, of that pool.
0: Yeah, after I thought there was no way So before the game, I thought there was no way they were gonna beat La Rochelle. Twenty minutes in, I would have put a hundred pounds on Ulster Losing to lose into La Rochelle. It was all La Rochelle. And then Somehow, they managed to shut them down. Um, part of it, I think, was very, very smart half-back play for a lot of the game. Did you, did you see this? I didn't, know. Uh, Leo Leofano and Cooney. His last game for Ulster, it wasn't it? It was his last game, mm. which is devastating because... Before the beaver joins. Yeah. Uh, I'm he's not type sh- of player. Yeah, I'm not sure he's got the intelligence that Leo has got. Do you not think? Because some of... Some of Leo Leofano's and some of Cooney's kicking to find space, and this was this, the only real way that Ulster got territory for eighty per cent of that game was very intelligent kicking, finding space and then a very good kick chase, and putting pressure on that uh that La Rochelle back three, which is a difficult thing to do because they're a pretty good back three. Um So yeah, a lot of the a lot of the plaudits should go to Cooney and Leo Leofano. Mm. Alongside Rory Best, who he hadn't he hadn't won a game in an Ulster shirt for something like 380 days. I
1: couldn't believe that stat when what? I saw it. Yeah, because I th- I just I saw that stat. I thought that must be that oh, it's got to be wrong. No, be they, right. were, they were talking about it over a year since his last win yeah, in an Ulster. 2016
0: shirt. was his last win in an Ulster shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that is staggering. <laughs> no, it shows you. It's like um, like your point about the the national captain's not playing well for their club sides. Oh, yeah. Have That's I, a pretty good sla- example. Yeah. Have, well,
1: I, have slash, slash not playing for their club sides.
2: Have I told you this, Tim? Have I told, told, told you my, my new theory?
0: You've you mentioned it on the pod you probably the twice pod. now. Yeah. Um yeah,
2: when Rory Best stands up and gives his speech to the Leinster lads about what winning means to <laughs> win, what yeah. what we've been doing since twenty sixteen, Rory?
0: <laughs> I tell you what, he put a hell of a shift in. He really, he, he was a, a brilliant I've, captain's I've performance. S- I've seen
1: highlights, and uh, you could you could even pick up from that the the effects he had on everyone around him.
0: He was he was everywhere. He was slowing balls down. he was turning balls over. Scored a great try. Putting big hits in. Uh, and he, I, th- I think part of that leadership did galvanise because. Right across the, the line they were putting big hits in, Louis Ludic at one point dumped Victor Vito. Vito. Uh, and Louis Ludic is not known for his big tackles by any stretch of the imagination. But twice he b- brilliantly read uh, La Rochelle attack. And that, it, it disrupted La Rochelle's typical game. So they started off this very impressive, powerful offloading game. Bending the line, then breaking the line. Offload, offload, offload. And Ulster eventually shut that down and put all of the pressure on back on La Rochelle to go top of that group. This Champions Cup pool stage
1: is, at the moment anyway, next week everything could change in this pool, but at the moment it's like a microcosm of La Rochelle's season last year. Incredible, miles ahead, people talking them up <laughs> as clear winners of the, of the top 14, and then just flaky
0: and fell away. Mm. Well, they won three from three Yep. the first three games, now they've lost two from two. And it is still in their hands because um, they host Quinns in the final game which you'd expect them to win Yeah. Uh, and if they win that they go to 21 points which will almost certainly guarantee them um, first or second
2: just while we're on this Lara Shell just tying it back Danny Cipriani this is apparently Danny Cipriani's new favourite place to go is it not they are favourites to sign Sippers in the off season
1: really yeah Sippers and Ryan Lamb fighting it out for the hey, 10 spot hey I tell you what wow. at least
2: they're consistent
1: <laughs> They'll be doing some partying on the uh, the west coast of France. <laughs> it's, I've been there, and it's a, it's a beautiful little town. I'd love to go there for a game. Yeah, it's, it's a, and the atmosphere. Oh my god, the atmosphere is incredible. So if Sippers is a man who wants uh, an absolutely fervent crowd behind him, and a kind of quiet, sleepy sea, uh, um atlantic coast town then it's the right place if I i'm not sure yeah. that's gonna be sippers order order half uh, of it he <laughs>
0: sounds like he'd like the crowd <laughs> on his back
2: yes i can see him going to some like newfangled team like like the vegas Argonauts or <laughs> <laughs> there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care
1: We'll see, but but just before we leave this pool, uh, James Haskell's red. Yes. Ah, yes,
2: I. It's red. I mean, so his,
1: his Was there definite contact between shoulder and draw? Well, something hit. Something hit his head. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes, I am.
0: I am one hundred percent certain. Jimmy Roberts does not get knocked out easily. Yeah, and there there, was shoulder on on head.
1: And therefore, uh, you think red card. Straight red. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah,
0: I. I think there there was no arms. It was shoulder to head.
2: I tell you what, I felt for him though. I really felt for James Haskell. There, there was
0: there was absolutely no intent. There was no no way Haskell wanted to hurt him. But it's a no arm tackle that makes contact with the head. It it is a red card. The the
1: the, the contact with head. I don't think's um up for dispute. When you say no arm tackle, I think it conjures in people's mind. You know, those times when. Someone runs in and, yeah. and and like with the elbow, or just charges with the arm Chicken tucked in. Or- I actually, I, I don't
0: think that was. I I wouldn't class that as a no arm tackle. He didn't. His his leading shoulder. There was no, no. There was no attempt. His arm was by his side. There was it, no attempt to wrap that arm.
2: I, it looked to me like bad timing. More it, than there was like, no. It was, I think. Yeah.
1: He, I think he was trying. I actually think he was trying to pull out. Now, I, I guess this goes to my point, and it. I'm okay with it being a red card James Haskell was, has showed a lot of class in fact by yep. apologising well one on the field not getting back in the defensive line and straight away checking that Jamie Roberts was alright that was a lovely touch secondly apologising publicly yep. straight away saying he yeah, had no, it didn't mean it and apologising and Jamie Roberts showed a, a lot of class back um, you know taking it taking it very well now I, d- I don't I don't like this being I don't like this being a red but I totally get it. I, I really didn't like Joe Marler, Didn't think that was a red card. That but, was a red card through and through. Well, yeah, I, I, I disagree on that one. I think if you, I, I think that players should be allowed to police rocks. But street justice. No,
0: <laughs> it, probably, it wasn't even a rook. He wasn't. He, he was on the floor a rolling ruck. away. It was. I, a he was nowhere I, near the rook. I really
2: hope that Tim right. th- th- doesn't ever single me out for some street justice.
0: Well, <laughs> Jay, you are right now close enough to a rook if to you be liable for one. some if you'd street have, justice.
1: Um, uh, if you'd have watched the fantastic uh, rugby tonight on BT Sport, you would have seen that. I'm, 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 I mean, I've got quite a good company in my opinion. Austin and uh, Austin Healy and Lawrence Delario both. Uh, agree. By the way, I am not sure Austin's good company for these kind of opinions. I,
2: I, I tell you what, right? Um, first of all, I'll say I am going to predicate it with this comment, which is, I think Austin Healy's uh, analysis is so good when he's on when he's on fire. And he's actually looking at you know looking at his TV screen. I don't think there's anyone better at identifying actually what happens on a field. What else is on fire is his Twitter feed. Like he, <laughs> he can't help it. <laughs> like Austin, you're loaded, and you got a great
1: job, and you're really good at it. Why? Why? Why are you doing this? I think uh, I, I would say I noticed on Friday night. Just uh, there's something about the European Cup. That, that means. Oh, uh, I think it's because Irish people are starting to watch him. I, no, Irish and Welsh. It's, it's yeah, I, I, I actually think potentially it is the Irish even more than the Welsh that <laughs> oh, really God. don't like well, him. Well, I think the Irish or, 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 or no, not don't like him, but that really react yeah. to him, yeah. well, which is great to have a, a have it. a reaction like yeah. that. Yeah, I think the Irish are the new Welsh. <laughs> I mean, like it, Irish
2: didn't really used to care care about the rugby. It is now like the biggest professional sport in Ireland. And, and let and, do le- care.
1: and let me link the two things together. So fine, Haskell red card. Don't have a, a, a big problem with that. What I do have a problem is well, one. Firstly, I don't think Marler should be banned. He 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 cost his team a defeat, and that's far worse. And More, I don't. I, I don't should be banned. Haskell shouldn't. I don't think Haskell should be banned. Well, how do you draw a line between right, the two?
2: So yeah, easy, right? So. um... Marler's <laughs> Marler quite clearly did what he did out of retribution, which is why TJ got well, banned late, n- later Not
1: on. clearly, you could just say he was ineffectively or illegally clearing out a ruck. Yeah, but you, it was a it was a rugby incident. It wasn't a swinging, just a punch off the ball. Well, close y- the you're, fact you're, that you're, you're drawing your yeah. and it was two
0: minutes after I mean, getting you, elbowed yeah, in but, the head look, from Arnie. Yeah, but that's not
1: factual. That that's if it wasn't <laughs> it Joe if it wasn't Joe yeah.
0: Marler, if it was Mako Venepola, you wouldn't be saying that. It, it's more no, than it circumstantial given the evidence from before. Yeah, I mean, look... I, you're, I, you're prejudicing that because it's Joe Marler. I'm, prejudiced. No, 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 I know. I'm because prejudicing of because... Because he got do. elbowed in the head and then he needlessly... Yeah. Uh, shouldered T.J. In the head Well now the, the, need, the needlessly Is there is, is, is No way is, on earth Is not a factual yeah, there statement There
1: is no way
2: on earth Right
1: That
0: <laughs> <laughs> Needlessly Is not a factual yeah, and statement T.J. he was, was in a ruck And he cleaned him out him He out, was
1: two out, yards what, Away from the ball And what if we went Back
2: through Moana's history Of like Shinning people in the head And all that Like there's a You can't <laughs> I I'd love Moana The I, head
1: made contact With his shin Yeah,
0: exactly. yeah It was an irresponsible <laughs> Place to put his head JB
2: Yeah more. more Mauler, as far well as I'm concerned, gets his ban. Uh,
1: he'll he'll like it in and he'll be fine. You can't draw it. a distinction though between that and Haskell. You can't yeah, say can. ban just for ban for Marla, no ban pre, for Haskell. Premeditated. I, I mean, look if if Marla jumped
2: up right with a horrified look on his face, waving over like the medic saying, "Oh, I had too much grass in my studs and I slipped when I'm trying to clear off the road." <laughs> I go, do you know what? Maybe, just maybe, he wasn't trying to put his shoulder into his head. And that's how I feel about Haskell. The way he reacted, there was no way James Haskell wanted to do what he did to, James, to Jamie Roberts. They probably know each other well off the field, and you just—it's different. That, well, that's different. That's, isn't that's it? not
1: how like legal type decisions are made by yeah, per, I, by, by being prejudicial about your your I don't care. I'm what the, you're alleging the I'm the, the intent was. I'm making the decision. Well, yeah, okay, you're making the decision. I'm saying you can't, but I'm saying neither. I, I think but, but I neither. I think should be banned. Haskell contributed to his team losing a game yep. which is massively uh, I don't think Haskell should be selected for the England Six Nations squad on form uh, but I think a lot of the guy and I don't think that this is the reason why he shouldn't have that opportunity and I think likewise for Mahler uh, th- but tying what you were talking about with the Irish people on Twitter and it's not just Irish it's it's, it's happening a lot more and with all, the Irish yeah with, with everyone <laughs> with everyone is it's becoming really Ugly, the way people talk about yeah. rugby incidents is becoming really ugly. Yeah, so this, the this is, I do agree with.
2: The outrage is hilarious. I mean, there are some ex-players that will describe themselves as feeling sick after seeing a certain, certain inc- incident. Of course, they don't really feel sick; they're just they're just playing to stereotype, which Tim is kind of point point pointing out there. This new, oh, you know, that's awful. I mean, this isn't how the game is played. Yeah, if you watched it, watched the game ten years ago, the very same people would be. Cheering and clapping if an actual fight br- br- broke out, or if someone did get abs- absolutely nailed. It's
1: uh, yeah, I'm not uh, it. the, the phrase "it's a disgrace." He sh- sent you know, give him a give him a give you him him, a, give, of- him a, give him a life ban. These sort of comments <laughs> are being chucked around more and more, and it's it's um, it's not because we're better than that. We are better than that.
2: I don't get the people who are partisan about it though, because. I assume you love rugby to start with, and this yeah. is part of rugby. Yeah, you know, but just because it's a guy from a different nation or a different team, throw the bucket in. It,
1: why? I want to see it. Do you know what? I, I, I compare it to this, and we've talked about this before. Do you remember in football when suddenly the phrase started getting used by pundits? You can't it, raise your hands. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then it and, start, and then it started getting used by uh, by fans. Oh, you can't raise your hand, which would mean that in football, a red card now gets dished out whether your finger brushes someone's cheek or whether you full on punch someone square in yeah. the nose, yeah. both get a red card.
0: You might it's, as well make it worth it if you're going to get a red yeah, card.
1: It's, it's now... I'm done with that. So, so what I would say is now, and I understand why, and I'm not saying I'm not for safe rugby, well, as far as, as safe as rugby can be, but now, that phrase, contact with the head, is becoming a mantra like you can't raise your hand. So even when accidents happen, there's contact with the head. Well, yeah. there's contact with the head. Planning for your next trip?